You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, continuing along here. Um, obviously, it was great to sit down and have Jared Mueller here. Obviously, you know, the pioneer of Locked On Browns. And uh, obviously, all the guys over at the OBR, uh, mad respect, uh, kick-ass, take names, put in a ton of work ton of mutual respect over there so we were able to get with jared get through the first seven picks of the first round and guys you don't do anything draft wise without having in brown's mock draft my good friend my west coast brother <laughs> stephen thomas uh stephen obviously we're going to take it here from pick eight on but look uh one through seven give me some thoughts here you know it, I think it went along kind of well, and then all of a sudden, whoa, it kind of, and, you know, Mike Mayock, and maybe this is part of the thing, and, you know, maybe he doesn't understand how to trade down yet. This is what happens when you have a new GM, especially with a guy who's coming from the TV booth. But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we got the four, and shit got a little bit crazy, Steve. Yeah, it was a surprise. I mean, and, and and the way people are reacting, I think it might be a little bit over the top. I mean, it's not like, you know, Cleveland Farrell is, is terrible or anything. I mean, the guy was pretty much expected to go top 15, maybe top 20 for months. He's a really good football player. I like him. He's just not, I, I think they might have been able to move up from 24 and get him, you know, and then uh, grab some better value there. But, you know, we always say stuff like this, and then there's one guy that, we all think is picked way too high that ends up, you know, proving us all wrong. Uh, you know, so, I mean, Farrell could go out and have 10 sacks this year. Who knows? But definitely a surprise. Not as much of a surprise as, as you know, pick six, which I'm sure uh, I haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure you guys covered that uh, uh, with Jared pretty well. Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of good football play. The thing I'm most surprised about, if we're going to be real honest, the thing I'm most surprised about is zero trades. It never lives up to every year we always hear, oh, there could be the, the record for trades in the first round. It's going to be crazy. Everybody's going to trade. And it never lives up to that. But I, I didn't think we'd be sitting here at Washington with no trades being made except for uh, the Denver trade. You know, I, I, I was shocked that it took 10 picks to get to our first trade and only what? Two, what do we got? Three quarterbacks? They were talking about five in the top 10. They were talking about, you know, I mean... I think the lack of trades is the most surprising thing to me thus far. I think the first thing we're going to learn about this is that the trade value chart just needs to be abolished. It just needs to be thrown out the window. No, but, but then I mean, what are we going to do for two months, Jeff? Come on. Oh, I agree with you there. But look, if you want to get out, just get out. Um, you didn't have to take Cleveland Farrell at four. You didn't right. have to. Um, the Giants. Look, this is what happens. And Steve, uh, we've mentioned this, and guys, anybody listening to this, we've mentioned this at nauseum. If you're not playing in 2019 with all the resources you have, you're still playing with the resources you have from 20, 10, 20, 30 years ago, you're going to get lapped by some people. Uh, look, Daniel Jones, uh, nice kid, safe kid, but no, 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 no. He is not worthy of the number six overall pick. Jacksonville gets a gift at seven in good Josh Allen. Him yeah, I think that and was a really good pick. Him and Ngakwe as bookends. Yeah. And you know, Jacksonville getting back to what they did to get to the AFC championship. Defense, great, great job. Um P uh then I'm sorry, uh Detroit P E T D E T my head I can't even read my own handwriting at this point. Detroit takes T J Hawkinson. Uh you brought in Jesse James. Um 
First things first, I have no problem with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, you know, maybe now they're going to go some more two tight end looks. I do like this from the fact that I, I've said I hate to rush a redshirt sophomore, even though TJ Hawkinson is a fantastic blocker, but a redshirt sophomore at a, at a position like tight end where blocking is such an important factor as it is as a receiver. You know, there's going to be things TJ Hawkinson doesn't know yet, but this is a really great position, and Detroit. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be game-changing right out of the bat this year, but T.J. Hawkinson, nice selection at eight overall for Detroit. Yeah, I liked, uh, I mean, you know, pretty much going back to Jacksonville real quick, all Nick Foles, if their defense is, you know, 90% of what it should be on paper, he just has to not suck at this point. He's, you know, if he can take what they did don't two be years mortals. ago with, with Bortles and improve on it by 25 or 30%, they're going to be right back in the mix because, you know, just don't lose the game. He doesn't even have to go out and win it if their defense is what it is on paper. But Hawkinson, I'm totally with you. Great player. I really, really like him. I don't know if it was the right pick for the Lions uh, in, in their situation. But, again, you know, you got to try really hard to, to, to screw up a top 10 pick, as we in Cleveland are well aware. So, I mean, you can't ever be mad with adding a player like TJ Hawkinson to your team because he's really, really good. But I, I'm not sure it was the right pick there. I think, personally, I think they should have taken the guy that fell into Buffalo's lap one uh, one pick uh, behind him. I think Ed Oliver thus far is the best value uh, uh, of the draft to this point. Um, and this was the thing earlier because obviously with the New York Jets, there was a lot of talk about, you know, they were, you know, a lot of chances that they could maybe move out of three. Maybe they didn't think they were going to get Quinn and Williams. Um, if they were going to move out of three, if they didn't get Quinn and Williams, Buffalo was going to come two, three, four, Ed Oliver. Right. Four, Quinn and Williams. Buffalo sits back and just has Ed Oliver come to you at nine, who, in my opinion, looked probably the best when they all come walking up on the, you know, to the stage. Ed Oliver looked like a damn G-man, had the sunglasses on, the dark suit. It was like you know, all these guys, you know, with the, you know, the, the pants a little high and the no socks. Ed Oliver came out like, I'm just going to bust your skull and you are not welcome here. So great job for <laughs> Buffalo there. Obviously, you get a player in Ed Oliver. And I don't think he's going to play linebacker there, Steve. I'm pretty sure they're going to keep him on the defensive line. Um, but it's going to be interesting because one thing that's pretty cool about that is you're going to be able to monitor Quinn and Williams and Ed Oliver they're going to be in the same division. There's going to be a lot of chatter how these two guys play out in that respect. And, Steve, we we had spoken today, and we had talked about some things, and I had mentioned that I had spoken with Devin Bush's father, right. and I had told you that 10 was his floor to Denver. Maybe somebody was going to move up. Denver, maybe Drew Locke's still in play. So, look, if you're going to get him a little later, that's fine with Denver. Right. But, uh, you know, his father kind of told me, look, his floor is going to be 10, uh, Pittsburgh makes the deal. I, see, the problem I'm going to have is Devin Bush tear up the league 14 weeks a year. Um, if you don't want right, to play yeah. those Browns games, that's <laughs> fine. I'm cool with it. But Devin Bush to Pittsburgh, this is one we had all talked about. This is one we didn't really like as far as within a division. But uh, Devin Bush going to, obviously, the Steelers here, it's it, it, it's a good pick. And, look, I mean, and we've all talked about this. Ryan Shazier, as sad as the story is, he's not going to matriculate back to being a football player. So you had no. to get somebody, and, and, and they did. I think they got somebody who could do what they need him to do in Devin Bush. Yeah, I, 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 this is another one that I'm of two minds. As a Browns fan, I hate Devin Bush going to Pittsburgh because I think he's really, really good. But, man, a first, a second, and a third uh, for a linebacker, I, 
I mean, I don't know that the Steelers are a linebacker away. You know, I mean, if that's the last position that you're looking at your team and you go, oh, this is the last piece, then sure. I, you know, you know me. I'm all for it. Let's win now while we have the opportunity. I don't know that they all are just a linebacker away. I love the player. Man, I don't know about the value. Uh, um, and you're right. I, if he wants to, you know, uh, tweak a hamstring or something two weeks a year, I'd be all for that because I really, really like Devin Bush as a player. See, the thing for me, though, is, is you know, you look at it now, and it's weird to say this. Like, if you're Pittsburgh, how are you going to compete with the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I know, guys. It sounds weird to say this. It's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> Who the hell is covering Odell Beckham? Who? Mm-hmm. You know what? Put all three of your corners on him. Go ahead. And uh-huh. look, I mean, Nick Chubb, I mean, the Pittsburgh games, those, you know, those are going to be weeks you maybe don't want to play him fantasy-wise. Um, Baker is going to throw 35 to 40 times. Um, and then here's another right. one. Um, obviously, we go right into another division opponent here, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Jonah Williams at 11. I Look, offensive line help, <laughs> look, we all saw it. We all know it. We right. all need it. I have no idea where they're going to play Jonah Williams. I, I, I'm not sure he's still a franchise left tackle. I guess you can try him there, and you hope that he's better than average. There's better. I think there's interiors better off-suited for him. But now with Pittsburgh, yeah, I don't like them getting Devin Bush. Cincinnati getting Jonah Williams, eh, whatever. Miles Garrett, Vernon, <laughs> uh, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi. Hey, good luck, Rook. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been of different minds on Jonah for a few months now because I think he's uh, I think he's a really really good left tackle and I think that's where he's going to play and so I think it was a good pick for them. Um, they still have a quarterback issue, but it does bring back what we all said back in December before the hype machine for this quarterback class got started. I, I've never thought this quarterback class was in the same realm as last year's. And if you're sitting with Andy Dalton at his age with his money and all that kind of stuff, and you're passing on quarterback at 11 what does that say about your thoughts on this quarterback class you know I just I'm a guy that you don't get a guy at quarterback you have to get the guy and if you don't think any of these guys are the guy then I love picking a you know a guy that you obviously think is your left tackle for the next you know six eight ten years I, I really like the Jonah Williams pick for them um but from a Browns fan perspective I think you're right as long as they still have uh, uh, the Red Rocket there, uh, I'm not really worried about them for anything long term. Carolina just picked up uh, Brian Burns as we're talking here. I love that pick. Brian Burns is Brian Burns should have gone six or eight picks ago, in my opinion. He's really freaking good. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think so- Burns should have gone to Green Bay. I think Burns should have gone to Green Bay um, for the selection they made, and we'll get to this here. Uh, Green Bay, if like. You didn't have to hide this. Um, obviously, we've seen a bunch of names were rumored to Green Bay. You didn't need to hide this. Uh, if you wanted Rashawn Gary at 12, everybody would have been like, all right, go right ahead. Um, right. We're talking of a tweener um, with missing production. And here's the part that's going to get interesting with Green Bay is Rashawn Gary essentially represents himself, which is going to be interesting with a franchise that has fans – who have staked in the ownership. Right. Uh, I, I, there were better players available in for Green Bay, and I can't wait to see the likes of Justice Mosqueda and Aaron Nagler uh, when I can get the thumb through Twitter about this selection. But Rashawn Gary at 12, and this is more about it, Steve. It's like, well, 
All right, maybe maybe the Browns can just sit at 49, and we're going to get aggravated because there's going to be too many guys we like being there at 49. But Rashawn Gary, Rashawn Gary, uh, 12 Jersey guy, going headed out to Wisconsin. Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm with you. I've not I've not been a, a fan of his. I did like, I mean, the shot of him when he was picked. That's what this night is really all about. What we what we forget is that these are just kids. I mean, they're just kids, and a lot of them coming from just horrible situations. So the pure emotion when he got picked was, that was pretty special. I, I really enjoyed watching that, and I wish the kid the best of luck. I just, I'm with you. I don't, I don't see it. He's, he's tremendously athletic, obviously, but has yet to turn that into being a football player. Now, if he turns his football player part into the athletic part, the same level as the athletic part. They may have gotten a real steal there, but I don't see anything that leads me to believe uh, that he will. I think Burns or uh, even Wilkins, you know, who went to Miami next, would have been a, a better pick for them at that spot. Oh it, no, it, I agree there. Um, it, maybe though they do value because I mean they do have some pieces on the defensive line. Obviously, they signed right. some guys in this offseason. Maybe they value the versatility. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, guys, remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with the peer-rated playlists and their uh, ever, uh, new features every day. Uh, so go ahead to your app store, download Himalaya, and make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Browns. And now this one, look, Miami, they could have gone a bunch of different ways. Christian Wilk is a fantastic player, a great athletic player, obviously a very, very smart young man. Miami is like, you know, they're tiptoeing, sticking the feet in, where's the water at? They want to tank. Um, I think Christian Wilkins is a great asset to have. I think it's not going to change much of the fact that they probably will not be a very good football team this year, even if he does play very well. But Christian Wilkins and, you know, obviously Green Bay would have been, it would have been a better selection. The Raiders, I don't care what you did last year. It would have been a better selection. Christian Wilkins, good football player. And you know, Miami, one piece to what hopefully eventually will be a nice puzzle. Yeah, I mean, if every rebuild, you know, tank rebuild has to start somewhere. And if this is the first pick of their rebuild, not a bad pick at all. I really like Christian Wilkins. When we still had uh, the 17th pick before the Odell trade, I used to – he was a regular at 17. He was one of the guys that I could easily see us have picked uh, at 17 had we stayed there. Uh, just tremendous person all around on top of being crazy athletic. Uh, I think he's going to do really well down there. Um, and now we're getting to the point. <laughs> 21, we've been talking, you know, we've all heard the trade-up stuff. 21 with Seattle was the first spot that I thought was even remotely realistic uh, to move up from 49 if they have a guy they just absolutely have to have. And now we're sitting here as we talk. The Giants are on the clock. And I'm starting to do the math in my head. I'm starting to go, okay, we got four more picks until 21. We've got all the tackles except Jonah. Uh, we've still got Jeffrey Simmons. they got all the corners if, that's, if they've got a guy they love there. So it, the math is starting to work, and I'm starting to I'm starting to get itchy. I'm starting to <laughs> I'm starting to wonder at 21, and then uh, Jared Mueller said 23 was in play earlier today. 25 to the Eagles has been rumored for a long time. Uh, maybe 30 to the Packers uh, with the familiarity between the two uh, um, uh, front offices, and then of course 32. You never know what uh, uh, Billy's going to do up in New Orleans, but 
with all there's going to be some dudes available if this if any of this trade up stuff has any remote truth to it. Um, a lot of the guys that some of us didn't did not think were going to be there are still going to be there. I could see Simmons, I could see Cody Ford. Uh, I personally wouldn't give up what they'd have to give up um, for any of the corners, but they might. You know, um, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting when we get to the Seahawks pick here at twenty one. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And obviously, you know, another name to throw in there would be Andre Dillard as well. Uh, there's, of course. It's, it's, it, right now, it's it, it's looking bountiful and playing into, obviously, the Browns' ham. Uh, the Falcons, uh, you know, Chris Lindstrom, definitely a surprise. Um, definitely yes. a guy that um, Pete Smith and I, we had pegged as a, a first-round guy. Great Mean, player. old, nasty cuss. No doubt about it. Um, everything, everyone talked about the Falcons was defensively. So some thoughts there. Obviously, Washington, you got to love the fact that, you know, and here's again for Washington. Nobody apparently wanted to, you know, whatever, to trade down your Washington. You you know, you were really okay with Haskins. Um, obviously, his uh, Daniel Schneider's son went to high school, the same high school Daniel Schneider went to, with, uh, you know, obviously with Haskins, you ain't got to move. And then Brian Burns, uh, you know, I have no problems with this one. I'm glad he's in the NFC South. Uh, it'll be at least three yes. years before we see the we see Brian Burns. <laughs> but uh, some thoughts here on those three selections. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Chris Lissom's a great player. It's just hard to slot a guard into uh, the first round. It's it's one of those picks that your fan base, it's hard to get excited about when your team picks a guard, but you're going to be really happy for a long time with Chris Lidstrom on on your front line because the kid, like you said, he, if you were going to construct an interior offensive lineman from scratch, he's like a Madden construction player. He's he's just exactly what you want in a guard, and you know you know coming from uh, uh, from that system in BC, he's going to be very technically sound. He's going to be smart. He's going to be where he's supposed to be all the time. Uh, really good pick. As far as uh, Haskins to Washington, I mean, the rumor earlier today was they were moving up to three, I think, to, 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 try, to try to get ahead of four other teams to take him. So to get the guy they apparently wanted and not have to give anything up. Uh, and apparently they haven't traded, you know, for Josh Rosen either. So, I mean, that's just another like Buffalo, a guy that they wanted just fell in their lap without doing anything. That's great. And you and I have loved Brian Burns since uh, January. And I'm with you. I'm glad the only way we're going to see him is if it's in Miami in February, because uh, that dude can flat out get around the corner and get to the quarterback. So really good pick for Carolina there, I think. Uh, and look, you can never put a premium on your pass rush. And that is right. exactly where they're at with that. So, you know, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that. So it, it's going to be interesting how it all plays out, of course. Um, and I guess, did we just get 17? And did the Giants just do what I think they did, Steve? Uh, they're announcing it right now. Yeah, it's... They it's, just sent it to the... Yeah, we're about to get DeMarcus Lawrence. Wow, Dexter DeMar Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence, yes. Um, whether, you know, whether it was juicing or... I mean, oh my God... So the Giants with two first-round selections, Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence. Gettleman's either the smartest person in the room or he just screwed up two picks, one of the two. There's going to be no in-between with this. Oh, no. Oh, there is no in-between. So, uh, look, Dexter Lawrence obviously couldn't play in the playoffs You know, with the issue of, you know, maybe Clemson gave him the wrong supplement. Maybe he took the wrong supplement. Right. But this is a bad... And you know, it's weird when you talk about a storied franchise like the New York Giants, but and 
it's it's fun to say this, Steve. Bad teams stay bad, and maybe this is where this is now headed. So let's see. So if you want to say it, it is Dexter Lawrence, Jabril Peppers, whatever's going to be that other selection for Odell Beckham Jr. We're good. I think we're yeah. pretty good, big guy. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, we're all right. And again, you know, Lawrence is another guy. You don't want to, you know, talk bad about a kid, but he just never lived up to the hype coming out of high school. He never produced on a level that a guy with his skill set should have. Now, maybe they notice something in his technique or whatever, and they can fix him, and, and he's going to just, you know, bust out. But uh, I I don't know. I, I just, I wouldn't have done it uh, uh, here if we were still at 17. I don't think he's a first-round player, personally. Um yeah, I don't know. Like we just said, you are shoot or shoot, man. And Gettleman's shooting. You got to give him that. I mean, he got his guys, and he's the smartest guy in the room as far as he's concerned. And and there's going to be no in between with these two picks, I don't think. Um, good luck to the Giants. I'm glad we're not having to talk ourselves into this. Uh, and as far as the two young men are concerned, I hope they prove me wrong. Um, yeah, but. Uh Part of it that makes me wary is that he's shooting like Philip Seymour Hoffman and along came Polly, Steve. Oh. <laughs> that, that, Let that, it rain. You got it, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> there's too much grease on this. That's the best part. Uh, obviously, you know, RIP to an absolute legend. But, yeah, I mean, the Giants here just whew, absolutely stunned me. Um, look, I, you know, Kyler Murray to Arizona, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what channel you're watching on, but I think ESPN was where I saw it. They did a fantastic breakdown. You know, they, they, they showed some similarities to Drew Brees. They showed some similarities to Russell Wilson. And these are the guys who, you know, obviously got him to this spot. But, Steve, look, I mean, I, we, we talked about this all last year. You're a Josh Rosen guy. I was a Josh Rosen guy. Mm-hmm. He's still there. What a crazy, weird situation. Look, I understand, and, you know, Obviously, the new car thing, once you get off the lot, he's not a new car anymore. But, you know, everybody you know want, wanted to label Josh Rosen, that, Rosen as this kid who may, at times maybe you know, could be a little bit difficult. How could you blame the kid now? You know, and I'm not saying, obviously, nothing's happened to this point, but you have nothing else going on if you're the Arizona Cardinals, but you have two quarterbacks, and this whole situation is just a stinking mess right now. Yeah, it's weird. It's been weird because you had to separate, do you think Kyler Murray is worthy of the number one pick, or do you think he's better than Josh Rosen? Because there's two separate answers to that. I think he was worthy of the number one overall pick, but if I was the Cardinals, I would have auctioned that off and used the extra picks to surround Josh Rosen because he had nothing around him last year, just nothing. Um, and as a Rosen, but the flip side of that for me, as a Rosen guy, I, I, I like Josh as a player and as a kid. Getting him out of there is probably the best thing that could have happened to him, and it's going to happen. He is going to end up a Patriot, and it's going to make the, the AFC East is, is going to rule for another decade because I think he's perfect for Belichick and that system up there. Uh, it's just It seems inevitable at this point that maybe for pick 32, maybe that's how this night wraps up. Um, but I just, it seems inevitable. I thought he was going to go to, uh, when they picked him, picked Kyler Murray, I thought he was going to go to Washington for sure. Cause that's been the noise for a long time. Um, but with Washington taking Haskins, I, I'm going to think that it's going to be, uh, uh, Rosen in new England until it's not that that's what I firmly believe at this point. And I think he's going to thrive up there. Ooh, good pick for the, uh, uh, Vikings. Garrett Bradbury's a mauler at center. 
nailed that one actually we had yeah. several max here um the thing i like about bradbury and look obviously murray fine obviously bosa the jets you know obviously you know quinn and williams you can't argue getting the bet the jets look at yes pass rush pass oh. rush pass rush they need it but you got the best player in the draft at number three and, and he'll rush the passer yes and but i don't care what anybody says you know, well, that's not our biggest need. Well, is your biggest need more important than the best player in the draft? Exactly. Your biggest need is the best player in the draft on your football team. Trust me. <laughs> and you didn't have to move to get him. That's, exactly. That is the, the joy and the glory of it all. iTunes, rating reviews, guys, um, always helps the show. Uh, you know, it helps the show growth, new li- you know, listeners, uh, people prospectively looking to find it. So go ahead, drop a five-star, drop a written view over there. I do appreciate it a ton. Uh, we'll get into Garrett Bradbury. Obviously, um, the thing with Garrett, obviously, you know, a little bit older, uh, but the thing you love is you love the maturation of a player going to college, a tight end, put on a ton of weight, goes to the interior, becomes the commander of an offensive line. And it's just a great, great move. I know I mentioned this to Ben Solak today. Some other guys, they were mentioning him. Some of the Eagles guys, they would have liked him. I didn't think he was going to get past Minnesota. Um, you have to make sure Kirk Cousins works. You have the asset in Del- Dalvin Cook. You have guys to pitch the ball around to. This is a really, really smart move in Minnesota in what was going to be a very promising year in 2018 when you go from the NFC Championship to a team that didn't make the playoffs. You needed to do this. You needed to stabilize that offensive line because you have the skill. Score some stinking points. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's, you know, they could have picked uh, several of the tackles. They could have, well, Lidstrom's gone. Probably not uh, any other guards up in that range, but uh, those were your choices. And you sit and you look at your your board, and if Bradbury's the number one player on your board and you have a need all over your offensive line, then you pick the best offensive lineman. I mean, it, it was really pretty simple uh, as far as uh, when they got here. You, you, if they hadn't gone O-line here, uh, I think Jordan Reed and some of our other Vikings friends would have uh, marched over to the uh, to the Vikings offices and started a fire or something. Because um, it was clearly their biggest need. I mean, it's not even close. And uh, getting a guy like Bradbury who can uh, you do everything you need on the inside, and he's fast and quick and smart enough to get out. You see it all over his highlights, to get out and lead stuff around the edge and get to that second level. Great pick for the Vikings right there. Uh, Mr. 30 million man is going to love him. Uh, Kirk Cousins is, he's going to like that, trust me. Uh, and that's what you do. You want to you know, you find a way to accentuate what you believe is the positive. Uh, they gave Kirk a ton of money, obviously. Now, Thielen is a well-paid guy. Diggs is a well-paid guy. Kyle Rudolph is still here and still productive. You have Dalvin Cook. So, you know, good for Minnesota. And look, I mean, obviously the division right now grew around you. Green Bay, well, hopefully they're going to get better after this selection of Gary. Uh, the Bears are tough. Um, Detroit, I think, with all the stuff that's gone on with Matthew Stafford and his family, and this is the leader of your team, I, I, I think Detroit is going to be better this year than people realize and obviously they made some good acquisitions, but I think part of it is also going to be that, you know, when your leader is down, that is when you usually get, you know, everybody come together, Steve. Like, you know, it, it, I don't want to use it as a rallying cry, but everybody's going right. to understand what Matthew's going through. And, right. I, and I think Detroit Lions, you know, obviously Patricia's going to be in his second year. The additions brought in. I think Detroit's going to be a lot tougher than anybody's going to realize. They could be. They have the potential to be. But the flip side of that is, like you were saying earlier, bad teams stay bad. And how long, how many years in a row have we been saying that? 
uh, about the Lions. You know, I mean, I think it's all there. It just doesn't seem to fit together. I, I'm not sure why. But, I mean, you could absolutely totally be right. They've got the pieces uh, to, to cause a lot of problems for a lot of people. Um, it's hard to say what that division is going to be. I mean, with the Bears, like you said, they've got a roster up and down. It, it's all on Trubisky. If he takes another step forward, they could be really, really tough. If what we saw this year was his peak, and I don't know if it was or not, I'm just saying, if this was it, if that's the best that he's going to be, then I don't know. I don't know if they've got the roster around him to carry that, uh, you know, any any further than it already carried it. I'm not sure. It's all on uh, on uh, Mr. Mitchell there, um, and, I, and I like him. I like Mitch. Uh, seems like a good guy, um, and he works hard. So, yeah, I, if right now, at the, as we sit here talking, I'm going to take the Bears to repeat there. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of talent in that division. Oh, there's no doubt about it, and thankfully they are not on the slate this year. <laughs> um, guys, I do want to thank Stephen. Uh, as everybody knows, obviously, you know, Stephen's career, he does a ton of traveling. Uh, you know, been away for ten days. Um, I I remember Stephen. I was at the Hawaii airport. I was like 12 at the time. <laughs> I do not remember it as pretty as the pictures you put up, um, but I do appreciate you. Please tell Mrs. Thomas we appreciate her as um, you know, being so thankful here as the first time you've seen your wife in 10 days. I hope the dinner was good. I, I hope at least you hooked her up. Um, I did well, my duty. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> and this is the way it works, guys. Um <laughs> So uh, I do appreciate, uh, you know, obviously, Steve, we always appreciate it. We're going to get you in here hopefully somewhere here soon over, you know, within the next week or two. We, you know, we'll get a little bit more in depth when we actually get some Browns guys to talk about. No doubt about that. But, uh, you know, appreciate everything. You know that. And, uh, guys, we'll, uh, you know, here we are. We've gotten you to, we've taken you to pick 18. We're, and we'll get this one up and launched. Uh, Pete's going to come in here and, I, you know, Weird thing, Pete ended up having some plans here this evening, but he'll close it out with us. And I'm sure he's going to come in with the biggest mallet to smash a whole bunch of teams' dreams. Pete? About, never. That doesn't sound like Pete. Never. He is. I mean, <laughs> he's the guy that collects the money at church on Sunday. That's Pete. It's the everything is fantastic. Oh. All right, give it to us. Jeffrey Simmons off the board to the Tennessee Titans. This one actually had been called for a while, and mm. look, it's not an issue with Simmons, and, but my problem is, and I've told you, you know, Steve, is if you were trying to be all in for 2019, if you're the Cleveland Browns, Jeffrey Simmons made for a tough, tough guy to right. trade up for. If you right. fell to 49, whatever, I mean, you take it, but look, I, you know, if I can get two players who can play from day one as opposed to waiting on Jeffrey Simmons... Look, I mean, God bless the young man. Obviously, he's been through a lot, whether it was the all-field incident and, you know, in everything that you read, he's improved himself as a player, as a student, everything as a person. Um, but then the ACL, it's just brutal. But, you know, obviously a nice move for Tennessee here. That's a building block. We're not going to see him week one, which so Tennessee just spent their round one pick on a guy who will not be playing round one. Makes things a little better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when when it first started, after we traded Odell, when people were asking, are they going to uh, move back up into the first round? My initial thought was, no. I, it, it's going to cost way too much. They've got this. The meat of this draft is day two and early day three. Um, but then you start looking at it, and I see. I've, I've been talking about moving up for Jeffrey Simmons for a while now. So I'm sure as we sit here talking, I'm getting hammered in my mentions. I I never said I wanted 
to do it. Uh, people would say, who would you trade up for? And for that, I'm thinking, okay, you're giving up multiple pieces of capital. It's going to cost a lot to get to 21, 25, wherever it happens to be. So two criteria have to be met. Somebody that you have on your board in the top 10, probably top five, that's still available uh, and a, a team that you could trade with. Now, there's only a couple guys that I thought might fit that criteria, and Simmons was one of them. So if you were looking for a reason, a guy that might fit giving up all that, Jeffrey Simmons was one of them. But if you asked me, do I want to, I consistently said no. I would rather stay at 49, maybe a little bit of a move up, late 30s, early 40s, something like that. I could see a little move up from 49, a little move up from 80, and then another move up from 119, ending up with three top 100 picks. I could easily see that happening and being the, the smartest thing that they could have done. So Simmons being off the board here really lowers my expectations on any of the trade-up. I mean, there's still some of the tackles out there. If they think one of them is a franchise left tackle, that would still make some sense. Um, but other than that, I think we are most likely out of the trade-up game at this point. That's my just my personal opinion. I have no inside info on that. And obviously, you know, guys, we had taught this a bunch. Um, maybe the Browns are going to be better off where come north from 80, not 49. And you can pound out two needs between 49 and 60, something of that nature. Maybe the best thing Cleveland Browns-wise. And the other thing, guys, um, Jeffrey Simmons going at 19, coming off of an ACL. Jeffrey Simmons was a top five player in this class. And the people who said it, there was no doubt about it. And the, the three best players in this draft may have been defensive tackles. Obviously, other teams have needs, but Ed Oliver, Quinn Williams, Jeffrey Simmons, in no particular order. You could easily argue it, yeah. In no particular order. Those guys may have been the top three players in this draft. Uh, Steve, obviously, you know, obviously, ton appreciated. When you get the time, we're going to sit down and we're going to break down this Browns thing. We're going to have some laughs about full seven rounds. So, you know, get back to me when we can do that. But this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, make sure you're following Steven. Uh, maybe he'll take a break before we get to that 2020 mock draft up, the first one of those. Uh, <laughs> uh, but obviously he does a fantastic job over there, even if some people try to say it's a gimmick and some people do this. Those people pound salt. You're getting outworked by a bunch of others. I don't care. I will say it. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Make sure you're following Stephen over at Browns Mock Draft. The Locked On Browns Twitter account is always follow back. Me personally at Jeff slash under, uh, I'm sorry at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Browns are coming soon, kids. Be patient. <laughs>